Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello everybody and welcome to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I am your host Ben White and we've got a massive mammoth huge show because not only are we breaking down money in the bank but we are also looking at this last week of wrestling Smackdown and Raw and I think it's safe to say that more has gone on this last week and more exciting things have happened in the last week and have probably happened in the last 18 months of WWE and that includes a Wrestlemania. So helping me break it down, dissect it and debate it and talk through all of the key points and there are lots to talk about are my two competitors and co-hosts joining me first is a man who was so excited when keith lee emerged but only because he knew what kind of pants he was wearing it's luke how are you oh, i'm very good mate thank you and thanks for reminding me of that because um yeah just brings brings back happy memories i like the idea that any new fan to the podcast won't have a clue what that's in reference to but it's for you know it's for the it's for the returnees I mean, I think a lot of people would appreciate Keith Lee's pants, to be fair. And there's your soundbite for the advert. Um, Joe is my second guest, a man who is determined to be positive about WWE's content. Um, and I don't think he's going to struggle too much this week. How are you, Joe? Oh, you've misjudged the, you've just misjudged the rest of the content, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I, let's put it this way. I'm more positive now than normal. Um, so yeah, no, was, I'm, I'm I'm good, mate. Thank you, I'm good. And I have a slight correction on your intro as well, not to not to dig you out straight from the start. But there's been two WrestleManias in the last eighteen months, and you your comment about it being more exciting in the last week than the last eighteen months is still valid, which is a worry. That's true. Are you you're absolutely bang on? Yeah, you're right. Has <laughs> been. <laughs> well, I think a big part of why it was a lot more exciting, um, or at least I think so anyway, was the fact that we've had crowds return. So the SmackDown um, before Money in the Bank, we saw crowds. Now, I know we had crowds at WrestleMania, um, but it was a half-empty stadium um, as opposed to a proper arena. Um we had full arenas, we had full signage, we had all that other aspects that go with it. Um, I think it made a huge effect. I think it had a huge impact on that. Um, but I know that it was a particular point that you wanted to raise and talk about, um, Joe. So crowds back, what impact do you think it made to the rest of the show? I thought very positive. I really do like crowds um, in wrestling. I think it makes a massive difference. I think we've talked about it before. It's going to really help. Um, I think it's going to stop the really just wasting our time um, with certain things. And I think some of the stuff that's really poor that we've had over the last six months, where there's been no crowds to kind of call it, I think we have persevered a bit too long on some of that stuff. Um I don't think I don't think having crowds has made WWE perfect all of a sudden, um, but I, th- I certainly think it's made a massive improvement. And um, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun a little bit on in terms of topics here, but I do I do wonder a little bit about whether, especially in the last month. Well, it's a question in my mind, right? Where in the last month or two, WWE has deliberately been really poor intentionally to make the jump back to having crowds so much better. If that makes sense, I'll give you an example of that. Is we discussed the last um, on the last last pod, the pre-show match between I think it was Natalia and Liv Morgan. Yeah, where we had two, we had like the tag women's tag team titles holders both there, not fighting for the belts in a match that no one cares about and that could have been throw away on SmackDown or Raw. And in the first one, we've got back with fans. We've got the Mysterious versus the Usos. And the Usos win the title on a pre-show, which basically never happens. I think it's happened. I can only think it's happened like maybe once or twice before. And I, and it just made me when I saw that, I just thought brilliant that they're doing making all that effort. But is that isn't that a bit like isn't that almost like a bit of a piss take? Yeah. No, you absolutely. You, I don't know if they made it poor. I think we've been talking about the fact that they, it was clearly a holding pattern. Clearly a holding pattern. Rather than just a holding pattern and then gradual increase, it feels like it's been they've had in their back pocket some absolutely amazing stuff that they were going to unleash. And the minute they've had crowd back, they've just thrown everything at the screen, which makes I think it does give us a slightly false positive. Do you know what I mean? 
if they can maintain this momentum they've got and if they can maintain the quality of the shows, then this could be great. But they have done a lot in this last week. Um, what it's impact? A, it's a ballsy, sorry to interrupt, mate, but it is a ballsy move because it feels like they've been doing that for about 18 months now. <laughs> like, I don't like the idea. That, I mean, I'd love to know what happened if I went into my job and was like, look, to be honest, like, I'm gonna like, I, like, let's say I've got a new, I've got a new, I've got a new baby coming, right? What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna sort of chill for about the next 18 months, not do anything exciting, just kind of stay in a holding pattern where basically I just give you the bare minimum. But in 18 months' time, when that kid is like 18 months old, and I can actually, like, I've got a bit more free time, I am gonna do you a sweet, sweet job. I can't believe my boss would be like, that yeah, sounds pretty, sounds good. <laughs> Um, what impact do you think the crowd has made, Luke? Yeah, similar to be honest. I think I think it makes average matches really good. So, I mean, I was trying to I was trying to watch them, thinking what what would this be like if the crowds weren't there. So, take Rey Mysterio, the Usos. Sorry, the Mysterios and the Usos match. It was, it was a good match, but if there was no crowd there, would it be as good? And it just wouldn't be. It's because of the reaction um, to them that made it so good. Um, and I, and I, I like as well seeing what the crowd reactions are to the different to the different wrestlers because it's interesting to see what what WWE wants to put put over and what we think compared to what the crowds think as well. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. And like, and like Joseph, I think what they've done over the past eighteen months is have a few good storylines to keep it going. But you know, so like on Raw, for example, they've had like half an hour of good content and two and a half hours of rubbish. Yeah. Um, and like look at the Roman Reigns story, that's that that has been decent over the past six months six months, but then everything else has been a bit poor. So I think now it just elevates everything and you know, hopefully they'll keep the storylines going and um and think of some some good stuff. But yeah, I'm really positive. Picking on something you said there, Luke, is there anybody who got a different reaction or a surprise reaction or something you weren't expecting when they when when crowds finally saw them? Because I can think of a couple. There was a couple there that I that I picked up on. Yeah, well, well, not so much surprise, but obviously some people who were meant to get booed um, didn't, um, or was very mixed. So the Usos, for example, technically they should be getting booed, but they, they were loved and everyone yeah. loved it, and and they are because of the the Usos, right? But it's just interesting to see that that's you know they, they weren't booing them, were they? Um, Roman Reigns is the same. You had a lot of people cheering him, you know, yeah. people people loving it, and that's because he's he's massive, you know, but. Yeah, there's a, I can't think off the top of my head. Who else? Anyone, anyone you picked up on, Joe, particularly? Um, so I would say over more than they realise, probably Nakamura. Um, his his theme tune's pretty. I mean, it's it's a good one. And I um and I've got a bit. I've got a love hate relationship with Edge. His entrance is amazing. It's so energetic and so like. So how can you not, as fans, like go a bit nuts? But it's. He's almost like a. It's almost like a bit. It almost feels a bit pan, like pantomime, but he gets such a good reaction. And then the one I was, the one I thought was particularly interesting was Seth Rollins, who even though he's been a, basically a heel for eighteen months, they people like him, don't they? Like he gets a reaction definitely. A few others I thought as well. Drew McIntyre. I don't think he was as popular as they as a. He's, he was twelve months ago. I don't That's think he. Got, I don't think he got got a great reaction to be honest. No, that's the one I picked up on. The fact that Drew McIntyre, it wasn't even booze. It was just nothing, really. Drew McIntyre didn't get much of anything when it came to a reaction. So that was a bit of a, a shocking one there. Um, another one I picked up on was Alexa Bliss was getting more cheers than I expected her to. She was getting more of a positive reaction than I expected her to. So that was a bit of a surprise as well. So um, it was interesting there. I think we'll talk about the impact crowds have made on some of these entrances and returns and things as we go through rather than just kind of spoil everything that's going forward um so we have kind of touched upon the pre-show and we have kind of touched upon the fact that it was the usos versus the mysterios and it was well i'd say by all accounts a good match and by all accounts kind of a, a, a decent wrestling match but um i didn't actually watch it did you watch it joe I watched it. Um, I watched it after I'd heard the result. If that makes sense. So yeah. then they they do they normally do the results in the pre-show. Um, so I uh, saw in the main show, and then they kind of go, "Oh, this is what happened in the pre-show." And I thought, oh, "I better go watch that then because that could be could be relevant." Decent match. Um, 
Yeah, it was okay. It was a classic pre-show match, really, where it's quite short, short and sharp. So there wasn't anything major actually happening um, until the very end. And then, and then there's the, the they've got. And I think they did it on SmackDown as well. They've got this weird thing where if you put your leg on someone's back, then you can't kick out of a pin. And I don't like physics-wise. I don't understand that. Um, but that's a thing apparently. I don't. At know. least, it, at least it wasn't the roll-up. That's true. I, in fact, to be honest with you, very very few roll-ups this last week. Yeah, I agree. Very few, very few backslides, very few shock right. roll-ups. That's fair. Goes back to my point. I'm telling you, they've deliberately been crapped for three months. <laughs> if they have, there's a little bit of genius in it. There's a little bit of, of forward planning there that I've got a lot of time to appreciate. Um, Usos versus Mysterios, Luke. Um, right decision to put the belts on the Usos? I think so, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um there's a question mark around whether they should after everything that's happened, obviously, in the in the press and the media around one of the Usos, but a um, bit, bit of questionable um, <laughs> actions by WWE there, in my personal opinion. But I do think it's the right decision. Obviously, the crowd, that's what they wanted. I feel a bit sorry for the Mysterios in a way, but I, th- I think they've, they've had their thing, haven't they, with, with them having the belts together. They don't need it any longer. Um, and I think it makes sense for all the other storylines. So, yeah, I thought it was the right result. Good match. I enjoyed it. I don't think the Mysterios are disappearing anytime soon with this, though. They're clearly involved, and this feud's clearly going to SummerSlam. Because I think that's the only thing that, that, that when you found out this is on the pre-show, a little part of you was like, uh, this is on the pre-show, and AJ, Almas, and the Raiders isn't. Like, you know, I know they'd already advertised it for that, but, like, this is a big match. This could have been your second, you know, after you've done the woman's money in the bank, this would have been a great second match and wouldn't have felt like such a big come down. So we'll talk about AJ's match in a second, but it did feel a little bit, you know, like they've got a bit of short shrift considering how much work they've put in and where the story is that this is kind of missed because it would have been because the other problem with how WWE have treated it is that nobody watched the pre-show. Nobody watches the pre-show because they don't matter. You can't then just make them matter all of a sudden. So it will depend on what they do for SummerSlam, really. To Luke's point, I wonder if that was their perception of punishment. I wonder if this was always the storyline and they were like, oh, we're not going to put you on the main event, we're going to put you on the pre-show because of the questionable actions that Luke refers to. There's something in that. Or It might also be why he's had to die his airhead as well. I also like, yeah, I, 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 still, I stand by the fact that I still want to see the breakup of the Mysterios at SummerSlam. I think that's how you do it. Just turn... I, just, Dominic turning on his dad at SummerSlam. That's a good. That's a good storyline. That is a tag team that, if you break them up, actually mat- could matter. I do kind of think with Dominic Mysterio. It did kind of make me realise that if he didn't have the name Mysterio, he would just be Humberto Carrillo. Like, oh, that's. I think that's downplaying Humberto Carrillo a bit. To be completely honest with you, mate. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Because yeah. there was some dodgy spots on SmackDown <laughs> this last week. There was a very dodgy kind of backwards and forwards where you were just there going, just just pick him up, just pick him up because you're really struggling here. So I think the Mysterio name, Dominic's done very well for the short amount of time and the fact that he's been thrown on the screen. But there's 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 a fair bit of work he has to do, particularly before we're going to have him carrying any sort of solo run. But I think Mysterio's breaking up is coming. I think that's definitely coming. Yeah, he could be the new Tucker, couldn't he? Dominic Mysterio. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Badly, yes, he really could. Um, so we kind of hinted to it before. Um, the next match that I thought we'd bring up, mainly because there's very little to talk about, was AJ and Almus versus the Viking Raiders. Um, AJ and Almus retained in what what was a pretty like standard average match. I think out of everything on this show, this was the weakest match. It was the least exciting. It was it was solid because it had AJ Styles in it, and the Viking Raiders are, are well enough at what they do, but we all guessed what the outcome was going to be before it happened. It wasn't a surprise to anybody. Um, and AJ and Almas have kept their belts ready to face Riddle and Orton, hopefully, at SummerSlam. Um, anything either of you two wanted to add about this match and what's going to happen going forward? I'll just leave it out there for anyone to jump in. Not really. It was just a bit, like, like I say, it was a bit of a filler, wasn't it? I think, again, the crowds made it a bit better than, than it was if there was no crowds there. And it was the right outcome. I do feel a bit sorry for the Viking Raiders, to be honest, because before Ivar got in, like quite seriously injured, I, I really liked the Viking Raiders. I I thought they were a really solid tag team, and I just don't think they'll ever get back to that again. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they were never winning this, were they? No, 
I'm very impressed that you knew one of the names of the Viking Raiders, to completely honest with you, because I, I definitely did not. Do you, um, the, do you know the name of the other Viking Raider, Joe? Eric. Oh, oh come oh, on, sorry, Darius, you bailed him out. You absolutely bailed him out then. <laughs> I was just about, to be fair, I was just about to say Eric, actually. Of course uh, you were. Yeah, of course you were. <laughs> I like, I'm starting to like what WWE are doing. I'm wondering if they're just making up, you know, like all these teams they've got. And I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have Omos and AJ versus Randy Orton and Riddle. So I like the fact that now they're not even, like when they break up, they're already singles wrestlers. Like, it's good. Don't even worry about tag teams anymore. Just put two random singles t- people together for, like, three months and then break them up. And then it saves having to worry about tag teams. It's even less effort than tag teams than the normal. I, yeah, I just hope they don't break up Riddle and Orton before WrestleMania. I'm calling it now. That could be your one of the biggest matches at WrestleMania if you have them keep the belts for ages, for absolutely ages, have them beating all comers, have them proper playing to the crowd because Riddle is on fire. He's massively popular. He, he is genuinely funny. Um, I don't think much to his singing um, after he's trying to sing along to Randy Orton's theme tune, but fair play to him. If they can do it right and they don't end up screwing screwing with it too quick, it could, their breakup could be a tag team breakup you actually care about. Because I don't know the last time you cared about a tag team breaking up. It happens all the time and no one cares. So that one could be huge. Right then, let's get on to ones. Let's get on to stuff that actually started to matter. Some big twists and some big turns. Um, we're going to start talking about the women's money in the bank match. So this involved Alexa Bliss, um, Nikki Ash, Naomi, Zelina Vega, Liv Morgan, Asuka, and then last week, last sorry, last episode, me and Luke very excitedly predicted that one of the to be determined wrestlers that was clearly going to be uh sasha banks or you know maybe maybe becky might come back or you know it's got to be someone maybe a call up from nxt it could be big only to slowly find out and why they made it two weeks i don't know but slowly find out that it was going to be natalia and tamina so yeah, we, we our predictions kind of fell by the wayside there. And the minute they did announce those, my other choice that I almost went for, Liv Morgan, I thought was a shoo-in. And after a fairly standard women's money in the bank match, um, I think to surprise of everybody, Nikki Ash um, won it, came up, snuck through, and what I thought was a fairly solid finish. I thought it was quite a f- clever finish to the match for a money in the bank ladders match that we've seen a hundred times. Um, and she took the um, briefcase. Now, before we start talking about the implications and what it's meant for this week, um, what do you think of the match, Joe? What do you think of the outcome? Was that was that wise giving her the belt? Is that sorry giving her the briefcase? Is that where you would have put it? Um, I would say my summary on this is it was a surprise and not not a great one. Um, I think I think. So when I was watching Money in the Bank, I think this is a this is a bit like a, a bigger statement. But I was watching it, going, "Oh, this is great! Like, there's a lot of like good stuff here, a lot of new stuff, a lot of surprises, a lot of different things, right?" And that and that is correct. I think I'm now going. There, there was a lot of new stuff. I'm not sure there was a lot of good stuff. Like there was it was less good stuff than I than I, when I watched it the first time. So when I watched Nikki Cross win, I was like brilliant they're doing something new with it and then now i'm thinking mm, not sure not sure that's what i would have done if that makes sense yeah you you get sucked up into the fact that it didn't go the way you thought and sometimes yeah. that carries a you get carried away with that it's like yeah. to be honest with you it's like when otis won last last year to first of all you kind of went oh you know what it's good exactly. yeah otis has won it brilliant and then when it, it dawns on you what that actually means you kind of go why on earth have they done that and yeah. this went exactly the same way Oh, it's going to take on Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's yeah. It was when it was yeah. I mean, going. I, I know we're going back in time, but I still think the clever thing to do would be to Otis to have cashed it in on the tag team belts. Still think that would have made more sense, and you'd have gone, "Yep, yeah, perfect. That makes perfect sense." Don't have to use money in the bank for the for the heavyweight titles, and that opens it up even further. But that's not the way it went. Um, Welcome so, to the money in the bank review for twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a retrospective. Um, Luke, you were, you were ecstatic when uh, Nikki Ash held that briefcase aloft, weren't you? I was, yeah, just because it wasn't Alexa Bliss, so Joe didn't get a point. That's fair. Um, 
<laughs> to be fair, I thought Liv Morgan actually once once I saw the TBDs, like you said, I thought it might be her, um, and I think that would have got. I think the crowd would have been pleased with that as well because she seemed to get quite a good reaction, which I wasn't really expecting. Um, I'm just telling you why that. <laughs> <laughs> She's a good wrestler, mate. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm actually quite pleased with the outcome, um, and we'll come on to that in a minute, I suppose, with what happened after that. But I, if I look, if I look through. The wrestlers that were in it i can't really think of any like any other any of the good storylines in there so this seems to be the one that was good just to have um a quick a quick person to have them in the back to have them to have it i think um there was some uh, there were some strange moments in the match like the alexa bliss hypnotism again and then joe you've mentioned this loads of times before like we'll just get the briefcase then like things like that are just a bit stupid but yeah i thought it was an, i thought it was a okay match enjoyed it it was all right I think Liv Morgan would have been the best outcome if they played her kind of struggle to get in the match for a lot longer. Because that seemed to be a couple of weeks and then she was in it. If they'd really played on Liv Morgan struggling and overcoming the odds and getting there and almost done, for lack of a better example, like a Kofi Kingston overcoming the odds quite story. It's obviously would never be as big as that, but something similar to that, then Liv Morgan would have made sense. You're right. I mean, none of these people made sense. No one, no one, like, no one getting the belt here, you kind of went, eh. That's why we were both like, well, it's got to be the to be determined person. Has to be one of those two. And then that's why, you know, you defaulted to Liv Morgan. But yeah, so Nikki Cross got the briefcase. Let's carry on with the next chapter. Because then it was Charlotte versus Rhea um, for the Raw Women's Championship. And in what I think, we'll see whether you two agree, what I think is probably their best match so far, and I think the crowds helped push it beyond that WrestleMania match they had, not last time, the time before. Um, in you know, in absolutely a really decent, competitive, solid match where I think out of all of these, you genuinely didn't know who was going to win this one, and the fact it could go either way really helped it. Um, Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley clean, if I remember rightly. It was a clean victory for Charlotte, and she managed to take the belt on the night. Um, Joe. Right decision? I called that, didn't I? You we and called. me both called that. Yeah, we called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. <clears throat> no, I don't want to jump ahead at all. But I still think this is leading to Charlotte versus Becky. Okay. My personal view. I think I think Charlotte is someone that is kind of the gold standard. And, and I'm... Yeah. And I'm pretty sure... Uh, you know, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there because there's more to this story, isn't there? Fair enough. Luke, anything you want to talk about when it comes to Charlotte versus Rhea before we get on to the outcome in uh, at Raw? No, I think, I suppose I'm slightly disappointed, not just because I chose Rhea, because I did say it was 50-50, but because I just don't see where she goes from this because, and again, this was another one where I don't think the crowd reacted that great to her either. It was almost felt like a forced cheer or like, because we've said before, they're both kind of heels at the moment, which is a bit weird as well. So you didn't really know who to cheer. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, Ben. I think I think it was the best match they've had so far. Um, but yeah, I, I can I can see why they give it to Charlotte. And, and, like, and like Joe, I think I think they're taking it to her and Becky. So on Raw, um, they have a rematch, which worried me a bit, to be completely frank with you. Because when that was announced, I was like, come on. Like, we are done here. And I didn't see what was coming, happening. But we have Charlotte versus Rhea. To be fair, they protect Rhea because Charlotte wins by disqualification. So they didn't bury Rhea any further. Um, Rhea kind of gets a bit of revenge on Charlotte and then takes advantage. And then Nikki Ash appears with the briefcase, takes advantage, cashes it in, and in nine seconds beats Charlotte and becomes the Raw Women's Champion. So... In the prestigious history and the names on that belt, Nikki, almost a superhero, is now the latest holder of the championship. Um, Luke, did this? You said you were quite happy when Nikki Ash won the belt. Was this? Uh, sorry, won the briefcase. Is this the reason? Because you were hoping she would lift the belt? Um, not necessarily hoping she would, but I'm. I, I quite like the mix it up by doing it, to be honest. Um, I mean, she's definitely going to lose it again to Charlotte at some point, um, whether that's a SummerSlam or, or or what. I think the 
don't know if there's been any matches announced yet, but I'm sure that that'll be that'll be one of them. Um, so it would be, it would be a temporary thing, but yeah, I've, I I I quite enjoyed that to be honest. Um, where do you see this playing out then, Joe? You said you you see this becoming Charlotte versus Becky. Do you see that being SummerSlam? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we, we, we so what I thought was impressive, not in our predictions, but in our other top, top like conversation last time is we mentioned like WWE do not like to hold too many in the banks for a long time. They just can't cope with it. Um, and there was some weird stat where I think the, the women's money in the bank's been, I think they've had four of them now. Two of them have cashed in on the night. One of them cashed in the day after. And then the only one that's lasted any amount of time at all is the Carmella one. That was like the, almost a full year. And the other thing is, WWE do not like Charlotte Flair having the belt. And I understand that because she's so much better, in my opinion, than all the other women that they do. They use her. They give her like a title. And every time someone cashes a money in the bank, it's almost always on Charlotte Flair because it, it, it's an easy way to get the belt off her, if that makes sense, without her making her look weak. Um I, I'm with Luke, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be Nikki Ash versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, is it? Let's put it that way. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's going to go Charlotte versus Becky. Um, I don't know how they resolve, I don't know how they'll resolve all this stuff, but, but, but it, 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 it doesn't need, it doesn't need to have the belt, Charlotte versus Becky. In fact, probably if we can get them to away from the belt for a bit, it wouldn't do any harm. I, can see them going Nikki Ash, Charlotte, Rhea for SummerSlam. I don't want to threaten you going, no, no, not happening, not happening. Well, because the reason why I don't want to happen, I don't want to see it. The reason why I don't want that to happen is because that means she's going to hold the belt until SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, we're talking five weeks before we are talking a chunk of time. I don't know if it's five weeks, but it's a good chunk of time now. We're, we're talking August 21st for SummerSlam. So, you know, we're not in August yet. So you are right. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think if once, once Nikki's lost that belt, she's done. This was, this was weird anyway. I just don't get this whole superhero, almost a superhero thing anyway. I don't see them bringing Becky back for SummerSlam because we've already got two massive people back already. We've already got two big returns. We've already got the big mega match, as you can imagine it, you know, over on the SmackDown brand. So I just don't, I just don't see them bringing Becky back as well beforehand. They just don't need to at the moment. You, you keep that and keep that. But then if you don't, you, you reckon, you reckon Becky's coming back before SummerSlam? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon they, I reckon they are all, all in for SummerSlam. Poor, poor, poor choice of phrase there. <laughs> um, but I think they are. I think they're all in for SummerSlam, with the exception of um, a 54-year-old um, man on the raw side, which we'll come on to later. We, we certainly will. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out then. Um, anything more you wanted to add on, on Nikki Ash's beginning of her brand new reign? I Means there a chance she loses it. We're recording this on them on on on. Um, we were, we're recording this before we've seen this week's Raw, so we haven't seen the latest Raw. Is there any chance she lost it? She could have lost it already. Could have been recording this, talking about how I think she's going to defend it. And <laughs> she lost it the next week, so... Let's hope so. Let's, let's, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know when you're just sitting there and suddenly you get asked a question like this? Honey, what film are we watching tonight? And your heart sinks. You know that if you get this question wrong, you're probably going to have a fight. You might even get divorced. So you panic and you think, how about one involving an exoskeleton? And then you hear... Yeah, but which one involving an exoskeleton? And then you've got nothing. You've called for an exoskeleton movie and you haven't got one in your locker. Well, the great news is there's a new podcast out that covers lists on all kinds of movie-related trivia. It's That Movie List Podcast. So the next time you make outlandish suggestions like exoskeletons, funniest films or explosions, and you end up getting it wrong, and you end up having a fight, and probably getting divorced, at least you'll have someone to blame. That Movie List Podcast by Views from a Sofa Network. Okay then, we will move on to another belt defence and um, another one of full of surprises. So it was Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston for the um, WWE Championship. This wasn't a match. This was 
Kofi Kingston just getting obliterated. Now, it wasn't quite in eight seconds like it was when he faced um, Brock Lesnar, but it was, you know, he didn't get any offense that I could see. He wasn't competitive whatsoever. And it was just a huge example of Bobby Lashley being really strong, being pushed to the stu- to the moon and building him up ready for his big ultra competitive match that he's clearly going to have at SummerSlam. Um, rather than talk, I think, I think that the talking point is not so much that Lashley won this. I think the talking point really is what on earth do you do with Kofi Kingston after this? Like what's the best thing to do with him? Does he just go back to being new day, normal Kofi Kingston bloke, or can you use this? Should you use this? Should you build him from there? Or is that it? Is this just a testament to that's it, Kofi? You're not a main eventer. You're done. That's it. You're sorted. And you're just going to be the same bloke you've been for the last however many years in, in WWE. Um, Luke, is there anything else you would do with, with Kofi Kingston? Would you use this as an opportunity to do something different with him or or, or what? I don't think they would. I, 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 think that, I think he will just go back to the new day and just be part of that tag team and go back to normal. I think, I think the whole point of this was just to relaunch Bobby Lashley as being, you know, a really strong champion. Um, and that's the whole. I, 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 th- I think it was booked as it should have been booked, to be honest. Because I, I think Bobby Lashley has, over the past couple of months, not been as good as he was when he first won. So um, I think I think they needed to do that in this pay per view. But I get your point about Kofi, but I think he's big enough that crowds are always going to love him. And I think they love the New Day. So I don't think that's a bad thing going back to that. Fair enough. Joe, would you take this as an opportunity to do something different with him? Or do you think it's just should just go back to business as usual? Um, I agree with Luke completely. To be honest with you, I think he's. Um, I don't know, was he was he on Raw? I can't remember. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't shown up. He didn't show up this last week. Yeah, I'm. I'm badly. I'd just leave him now. Like he'll be back. He'll be back around. But we didn't need to be anywhere near the title picture for me. I see. I think this is a chance to do something with him. I think you. I think you know they'd had that tease of join the hurt business. You have that tease of Kofi's careers. You know you, you're nowhere near as serious as you used to be. You used to be this big person. We all love Kofi Mania. He's had two massive losses when it comes to the title picture. I'd have him not necessarily turn heel, but I'd have him leave. Have a story where he breaks away from Xavier Woods. Maybe even joins the hurt business because there is no hurt business at the moment. The hurt business is just Bobby Lashley and MVP. It's not. It's not a faction. You could have Kofi go over and join MVP. Have him, you know, have him have some success on the singles run. Have him, you know, competing for the US Championship or something. I think you could do something with Kofi here to keep it interesting. I think it would be if Kofi goes back to being just a normal auto, auto, also ran tag team player in the new day. I don't see him being in WWE for much longer. I don't think I don't think they'll even bother paying the, the wages for him. He could be out with the next round of of, of cuts. Because him and Xavier Woods are not bringing back in what they would prefer before. So I think they need to do something with him or he's just going to end up being more irrelevant than he was before. So there we go. I mean, I don't agree with that. No, okay. I, I think the New Day are really popular and especially crowd back now. I think yeah. people would love that. I think you easily, I think you just put them back together. I think you subtly in the draft chuck New Day on SmackDown or... Lash or or whatever, and just put them back together with Biggie having the briefcase, and then doing another, doing another, like doing sometime in 2022 when Biggie's got the moment to cash in on Roman Reigns, and then you got New Day with the title and make it all happier, happy look at. I don't think, I don't, I, I don't see them getting rid of New Day. The money that they must make is phenomenal. I just see, I see for me, I don't think they're going to be as popular as people think they are anymore. I think it'll be, I think you will, I think you've got honeymoon period. First couple of weeks, everyone's getting cheers and pops and they're just excited that they're seeing wrestling again. But I, I think for starters, Big E was the best aspect of New Day for a start and they've taken him away from the, from those two. And I don't think you put Kofi and Davio anywhere near Big E at the minute. I, I think you keep Big E solo, you keep him away from New Day and you keep him where he is or else I think his star will be diminished as well to be completely honest because it's stale it's proper stale and yeah I, I i i think new day are in a bit of trouble to be honest but we'll move on um mercifully yeah <laughs> then then we've got 
Then we had um, Lashley having an open challenge on Raw. And like we hinted at earlier, I think the big surprise, to, to, to my delight, and I know Luke's delight, and hopefully Joe's as well, was Keith Lee's big return. Keith Lee met the challenge, came to the ring, had, I think, a competitive match, um, but did lose clean, which was a bit of a surprise. And I know disappointed Luke because um, he described that loss as, as Keith Lee being squashed. Um We'll we'll go we'll go to you, Luke. Seeing as you described it that way, um, were you disappointed Keith Lee lost the way he did? Would how would you have rather it played out? Um, I was disappointed just because I love Keith Lee, and I couldn't believe it when he was back because I thought it was finished. To be honest, I hadn't heard anything about him at all for such a long time. I thought something seriously had gone, like something something had happened. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed, but again, back to the storyline of just making Bobby Lashley like this beast again. Um, it, it makes sense for the storyline reasons, so I understand why they've done it. I was just disappointed that that was his return after all these months, to be honest. But I was pleased to see him. Loved his outfit. <laughs> I still don't like his music as much, even though it was better than what they did first time, like the the relaunch before. But yeah, it just good. I didn't know who it was. That was the problem with me. Is I didn't when the yeah. music hit, I didn't know who it was. It just just go back to his NXT theme, which mm-hmm. was amazing. You know, who, who, if they just if he'd just gone bask in his glory from the very beginning, you'd have the, it would have been even better. Um, Joe, how, what what do you think of Keith Lee's prospects now he's back? How did you feel about him, him being squashed? Well, squashed, I don't think, but but beaten by Bobby Lashley. Um, I'm 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 unclear as to what's up with Keith Lee. I don't know why you'd bring Keith Lee back in for that moment. Um. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to talk about Karrion Cross, but same same situation with him mm-hmm. uh, in terms of coming in and having a match for about three minutes against Jeff Hardy and losing. Just feels like you could have done everyone a load of favours there by having maybe Keith Lee beat Jeff Hardy and then Karrion Cross could lose to Bobby Lashley if that's what we're trying to do. You know, I, I, it just it just felt a bit of a mess to me. I'm going to give it time for that story to play out, but um, I don't. I don't know what Keith Lee's had wrong with him or done wrong or whatever, but it's not great. It doesn't look like he's come back to a fanfare. Make, makes me wonder if it was maybe like um, you know, like the wellness policy violation or something like that. Because I'm not quite sure what's happened there. It was all very cagey that no one wanted to talk about it. See, the wellness policy is usually announced. They usually say, yeah, this has happened and he's violated this. This felt like it was really serious and really personal and really concerning but him being coming back for this match almost feels like he's being punished. Mm. To be honest with you, yeah. it'll depend on where he goes next. It might be that he's got to do a couple of weeks of rebuilding himself and coming back and and, and getting back in a good favour. For me, where you throw him is you, you, I'd have thrown him directly at Sheamus. I'd have if you were bringing him back like that, I'd have put him straight in the US title picture where he was before. I think that's a you know it changes that up. The Umberto Carrillo thing's really stale as well, so. Throw Keith Lee at Sheamus and, and make that your big match for SummerSlam if you wanted to. Build that over three or four weeks. But this was weird. It's going to completely depend on what happens on the, on the next couple of Raws. Um, now you've mentioned it, we may as well spend a couple of minutes talking about it. The carrying cross thing was bizarre. Absolutely yeah. bizarre. Because, I mean, I made a point to my wife when carrying cross came out and Jeff Hardy came out. I made a point to my wife. I said, you realize Jeff Hardy is probably the most expensive jobber on WWE roster right now, and then ate my words a minute after saying <laughs> that when he beat Carrie Cross, <laughs> was just like, oh, oh, never mind then. Oh, that's that's absolutely bizarre. And then, I guess hopefully this leads to a story for Carrie Cross versus Jeff Hardy. It's got to, hasn't it? But I, 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 I just don't get it. I stand by the fact that as a, as a host of a predict cast, you are quite crap at predictions. But... <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I concur with you on this one. I was a bit like, what? Why? In fact, you're skipping through it, thinking, oh, well, that's, that's a squash, and then had to rewind it to go, did I miss that? What happened there? I just wonder if they're going to do something really rubbish. I was going to say a different word then, but really rubbish, where um, they might be like, oh, carrying cross isn't the same without Scarlet, and then he has to bring in a manager, Scarlet, and. That solves all his problems, but that would be it. I mean, don't do that. Don't do that storyline. But that was what I wondered. That's what I wondered. He didn't come out with her either, did he? And, well, the no. the, the rumor I'd heard about him because I'd heard he was coming up, and obviously the way that NXT is going, it he's losing the belt in the next couple of weeks, regardless. But 
I heard he's been brought up. They're both being brought up. They're being brought up separately. Scarlett's being brought up as as an in ring competitor as she was. She she is an in ring competitor. That's what she was when she was fighting on on TNA, which is now Impact Wrestling. Carrying Cross, you know, will come up without her as well. Now, why and why you remove probably the best part of Carrying Cross's whole act? Um, I have no idea, but that's 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 a choice they've already made. I mean, and, and his entrance certainly doesn't make as much sense without her because it was, <laughs> it was a bit weird, wasn't it? I really, I really don't, I really don't. End it, like, I'm not being, I don't want to be funny about it, but like, Scarlet brings a lot to Killian Cross's act as a whole. I think just because she's like, she's just a bit of a distraction. Like, she's a bit of a distraction, and she's a bit of like, you know, titillation, and it's all like, it's all like, it's not. I'm not, you know. I'm not, you know, not being funny about it, like it makes him more interesting. I think him as a sort of skinhead wears black tights is a bit mental looking. Comes out to a woman singing with no woman singing doesn't just doesn't like, and then loses to Jeff Hardy clean in three minutes. Isn't very exciting. It doesn't help either that clearly most of the people at Smack at it, it was was it SmackDown or Raw? It must have been Raw. Can't remember which one it was like. It's Raw. Most of the people at Raw don't know who don't know who he was because he just didn't he didn't get any fanfare whatsoever. He appeared. He got a cheer for this looks like a new wrestler. No one knew who this bloke was at all. And then he loses cleaner Jeff Hardy. But not even clean. It was actually a bit of a heel loss to Jeff. Jeff Hardy used the ropes to beat him, so it was a bit random anyway. Yeah, I also I mean I, I haven't watched NXT in a while, but I also feel like it makes NXT look crap that their champion just lost to Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. The, the other thing as well is the two don't marry up. So th- that's not how Karen Cross is being presented on NXT at the minute. Karen Cross is still being presented. He's just he's just choked out William Regal and he's taken on Samoa Joe. One like he's taken on Samoa Joe as a as a as a you know badass rebel competitor. This was a completely different person. It just the, the two the booking. It's like they're not even in the same meetings. It's bizarre. So has Karen Cross been called up to Raw already or not? I think that's where this is going. That's why I mean so he Samoa was always Joe on track to losing. So Samoa Joe win that bout and then that's it. The that's race. the idea. Well, if if you know, not to get into NXT, he's not supposed to be wrestling Samoa Joe, but that's where this is going. Yeah, that the, the belt is getting taken off Carrying Cross regardless over the next couple of weeks, mainly because he's actually lost favour with NXT as well. The NXT crowd don't like Carrying Cross, so it's it's yeah, it's it's a bit of a random one. Um, let's move on to the next random moment. Bobby Lashley beats Keith Lee. That's right, we're talking about Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley beats Keith Lee. Um, and then Goldberg music's hit. Now he gets a massive pop from the crowd. Goldberg comes out, does the whole fire, struggles to lift his leg for the kick, which I still think is really embarrassing. It gets lower every single time he does it. And then he mo- mo- walks his way to the ring, gets in the ring with um, Bobby Lashley. And there we have it. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg for SummerSlam. Now, Joe, we've been talking how much we were really, really, really excited for the return of Brock Lesnar. Um, so you've got to be gutted about this, right? Yeah, I am. They've basically not been able to get Brock Lesnar on there, and they've gone to their next best um, part-timer, other than someone else that we'll talk about later. Um, I just want to make it clear that I actually guessed Goldberg's age correctly when I said 54 earlier. I didn't do any research for this pod. <laughs> make it absolutely, Fair play. Absolutely. Fair play. I want to make absolutely clear to the listeners that no research goes into this pod apart from this sort of 12 hours of resting that I'll commit to each week. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm, I, I don't care about Goldberg. He wasn't, I'm like, I mean, he was, I mean, he was quite good in about, well, he was quite good in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, then he came back in 2016 and you were like, um, all right, like, we'll have, like, I'll watch it but I'm not that bothered. And then he went away again and then he came back and did he beat the fiend? Yeah. Um, and then he almost killed the undertaker and he just comes up like there's no, he comes in, there's no build to any of the matches. And then he either wins the title randomly on, on more than one occasion or just gets trounced. And then matches last about three minutes. No one cares. Um, he's got two moves and he says, you're next. And that's basically the, the gist of it. And then his son gets topless occasionally. And like, I'm just not interested anymore. Like, it's not, it's just dull. I really hope Bobby Lashley destroys him. But it's going to be a 50, it's going to be like a heavy blow, heavy blow, heavy blow, heavy blow, heavy blow, heavy blow, and then pin. 
That's it. I think when he returned to face Lesnar, I was I was actually behind that. When it was Goldberg versus Lesnar and it was the WrestleMania build and he beat Lesnar at Survivor Series and you were like, this is amazing because it's not what you expected. And then they had the rematch at... Did they did they did they delay that to WrestleMania? It was something like that, wasn't it? But yeah, they had the rematch at WrestleMania and it was actually a little bit more competitive and it went a little bit longer, but it was decent. And then Goldberg bowed out and you went, there you go. That is a way that you cap a career and you come back. But what WWE have done is they've given him a contract. And I don't know how much left is on his contract, but his contract is he's contracted to do two matches a year. Yeah. Now, what you just described in terms of the Lesnar was the 2016-2017, which, yeah. which was okay. It was pretty, It was all right. No complaints. It's the new stuff that's just desperate. Um, how do you feel about it, Luke? About Goldberg returning? I mean, I don't think you were watching it for the Lesnar stuff. So all you've seen is him come back, defeat the Fiend and take on Drew McIntyre, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think he lost to Braun Strowman, didn't he? To that's true. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's them, true. Which, yeah, so, no, I'm not. I, I, obviously, I haven't seen him in his heyday. Um, so, yeah. I think, obviously, like Joe said, what's happened is they tried to get Brock Lesnar. He either didn't want to come back or couldn't yet. Um, and so they've just gone for Goldberg. Um, I think, obviously, the, the crowd seemed to love him, don't they? When like, his music plays and stuff. But, yeah, it, it, it would be a terrible match. It's such... It's. I think we'd all got ourselves quite excited for it. I think the the really di- the disappointing thing about it is actually if they built to Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley, I'd actually be more impressed with that. If they did that properly and they built Keith Lee over the next five weeks, I'd rather watch that as a belt, as a as a as a match than Goldberg every day of the week. This this, like you said, is just he's not even going to be there for the next five weeks. He's going to be there on Raw this week, and then you won't see him again. You'll just see interviews. And Bobby Lashley coming in the ring every, every now and again and beating someone really easily. It just seems so... It seems lazy compared to what they're doing on SmackDown, which is brilliant. So, yeah, I think that's the big issue. I'm really interested to see what they do with Big E because I think Joe alluded to, to it earlier. I can see, the, I can see it, him, him having the Money in the Bank contract for a, lo- for a long time um, and then cashing it on Roman Reigns. I know we haven't talked about that yet. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Yeah, um, that running order, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's I, fine. I half, I half expected that he might cash in on on Bobby Lashley or challenge Bobby Lashley if, when Lesnar wasn't available. But yeah, then Goldberg came out. Um, I'll tell you what. Then we'll we'll move on to that. So men's money in the bank was obviously Riddle, Ricochet, Morrison, Owens, Rollins, McIntyre, Big E, and King Nakamura. And after what was a I think was a really impressive. Money in the Bank match. I think there was loads in it. Everybody got a moment. I think Ricochet was fairly impressive in this match. Um, Kevin Owens looked like a badass, like he should do. Um, I think the biggest loser out of it was 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 Drew McIntyre, um, unfortunately, just because of where his SummerSlam is going. Um, but after you really, really, really thought that you know Riddle might win it. Um, Big E climbs the ladder, does a big ending on Riddle and then claims the briefcase for himself and um, Luke and Joe claim the points um, Big E as your briefcase holder, happy with that Joe? Yeah, very happy with it very happy with it. I have a theory just on, on topic about Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal and I'm wondering whether they're just doing that to make sure that Drew McIntyre is reinforced as a really uh, good uh, heel um, sorry, good face in terms of everyone just hates Drew McIntyre. Like, not like, oh, we should hate him because he's a heel. Like, just get off my screen or I'm going to turn off the TV. You mean Jinder Mahal, yeah? Yeah, you mean yeah, Jinder, so everyone hates Jinder yeah. Mahal, so they're reinforcing Drew McIntyre. Who did I say? You, 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 hates mixed, you mixed them both up. Oh, yeah, you yeah, just mixed them both up. Yeah, sorry, everyone hates Jinder Mahal. So you just want to turn the TV off when he's ever on, which means that Drew McIntyre just will look good in on in that in that in that match. I think. Is that, that's not, it's, but it's a massive drop down considering we've got crowds back. Like of the time to do it, this is a massive drop down because no one cares about this. It's really lazy. You're right. Jinder Mahal is shocking, but it's, it, I just don't think it's going to do anything for Drew McIntyre this. I think this is really, really poor for Drew McIntyre. And, and yeah, I'm just, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, it's going the way that you'd hope for, for him. So it'll be interesting to see where it leads. This isn't SummerSlam worthy for a start. It will be a SummerSlam match, but this should not be Drew McIntyre's SummerSlam match. 
will Jinder be. Mahal. It but will, but it shouldn't be. be. Yeah. Um, so, Big E, briefcase holder, happy with that? Yeah, very. What about you, Luke? Right choice? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think I, I was nervous they wouldn't do it, to be honest, but I'm pleased they did. I think it made the most sense, and I really enjoyed the ending. I thought the big big ending off the top of the ladder was great. Um, and I, one, of the, one of those, I, I stood off my chair moment sort of thing. Um <laughs> Mainly because I got the point, but that's the best thing about the Brudit cast. It really is. It just makes you care about matches that you wouldn't care about normally. Um, but it also makes you go, "Who did I back in that one? Did I back Charlotte? I think yeah, I backed Charlotte." Fair. That's fair. Yeah, it also makes you do that. Podcast, but, mm. <laughs> yeah, don't, do that. don't do that to yourself, mate. Um, so. Do we think Big E's cashing in on Reigns, or do we think that he should go up against Lashley? Because if it was me, I'd go Biggie versus Lashley. That's where I would. That's where I would push him. I wouldn't push him towards Reigns. Anyone? Anyone agree? No, I've called it all along, mate. Biggie is going to cash in on Roman Reigns after WrestleMania next year. Okay. Yeah, at like, WrestleMania or the Raw at, after? No, after. Smackdown after. Sorry. At some point after. Okay. I, th- I can see it either way. I, I can see him holding it for a long time like that. Um, and if he does, it will be Roman Reigns. But if it's if they want a quicker cash in, then it will be Bobby Lashley. Um, so it depends what they do. It depends if they can get Brock Lesnar back at any point because Bobby Lashley will end up running out of people. I think. Um, I think Biggie makes quite a bit of sense in that. In that, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I could see it either way. Yes, that position, mate. So it could be could be long. <laughs> yeah, it could be Biggie or Roman Reigns. Right, brilliant. Well, there you go, listeners. We've told you everything you need to know. <laughs> Right then, we are moving on finally to the main event, but um, there's so much to unpick about the main event. So it started off as Roman Reigns versus Edge in a, like, when when you're watching, I don't know about you guys, but you skip through certain parts of it, you skip through all the adverts for different random American stuff, and you clock that there is 35, 40 minutes left, and you think, it's got just got the main event left here, there's no way these two are wrestling for 40 minutes, but they were. Reigns versus Edge, 35 minutes to be exact. That will become important later. Um, Reigns versus Edge um, wrestled in a really competitive match, a really decent match. I don't think anyone thought that Reigns was really going to lose this. Obviously, none of us predicted that. But they did a good enough job that there were times when you when, when I don't know, you pop for any false finishes, but it kept you interested. And they gave a really good account of themselves. And there were... A couple of false finishes, you know, when Rollins did get involved, it didn't immediately get to the ending of the match. And there was that great spear on Reigns where it looked like there could be a pin and then he kicked out. So there was plenty in there to keep you entertained and keep you going. But in the end, because of Seth Rollins' involvement, um, Roman Reigns won the belt. Um, what did we think of the match, fellas? What, happy with the outcome? Happy with the match? Was it was it worthy of the main event? Uh, Luke? I think so. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and not to big us up for anything, but I think I think we pretty much called what was going to happen because we mentioned about Seth Rollins getting involved, and that you know we said that it could lead to Edge winning by disqualification, which means he still win the belt, but obviously that never happened. Um, so yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really decent. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Much better than I thought it was going to be. Joe Reigns versus Edge. Yeah, thought it was good as well. Thought it was good as well. Um, I was I was happy with the match quality and the match length. Thought it, yeah, I think there was a number of good near finishes, like you said. I think my my the down point for me was I didn't think the Seth Rollins interference was very like it. It didn't really make too much sense to me, and then it wasn't very well done. And didn't he come out twice? Yes, he had to well, come out twice. It was just a bit. That was a bit of a mess. I thought it wasn't a very, it wasn't very well told. I didn't think that. Um, but the actual match itself was, yeah, was was what it needed to do, really, all good. And I think it was called out afterwards. So at some point, it, it would it would have made sense for him not to do that, so that Edge would win, and then he'd face Edge for the championship. But obviously, that's logic. Yeah. Well, yeah, Edge actually said that. To be fair, yeah. I think they need to do a better job of explaining why Rollins got involved at all. He keeps thinking he's the next person in line. Okay, well, if you were the next person in line, it didn't matter who won. <laughs> Yeah. You're the next person in line. So I, I just think over the next, there just needs to be more to it. Now, to be fair, and we are going to get onto Edge versus Rollins now. This is clearly what SummerSlam is going to be. Yeah. I do like the fact that they're calling back to when Rollins attacked Edge 
and the authority and John Cena getting rid of the authority and them having to bring it all back. That little callback to history, I love when WWE do that and kind of, you know, give a bit of credit to the people like me and you, Joe, that have been watching it for, for too long. Um, so I've got a bit of time on that. I've got a bit of time for that kind of storytelling. They just need to do a bit better job of it, really. Yeah, it, it worries me that they do that like seven years later. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like it's inconsistent week to week. But like, like oh yeah, we had this plan seven years ago. I'm thinking they didn't. This is just a happy coincidence. And I was like, I'm not going to go back and check that. I'm just going to assume that plays out. Probably does. All good. But no, I. I like that. I like the idea of long-term storytelling. Definitely like the idea of that. Um, Reigns, sorry, Rollins versus Edge. Decent SummerSlam match. Is that one that you think's worthy of of what's essentially now the the new WrestleMania for this year? Both happy with that as the big as the big match for the uh, for these two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who's winning that either. To be honest, um, my, my head would say it should be Rollins, but my head also says. Edge hasn't won much since being back. That's a fair point. I hadn't even oh, thought of that. Joe, that's really helpful. So you're saying either one could win? Huh. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he has a bit of a tighter prediction for uh, for, for <laughs> August 15th when we do when we record the next one or whatever it's going to be. Um, Probably not. Then Reigns holds up the belt in his hands and says, the world must acknowledge me. And then to a massive pop, to a massive crowd reaction, and I'll be honest with you, I got a little bit excited about it too. John Cena's music hits. John Cena returns. He runs, he dances around the stage, says hello to the cameraman, throws his talent to the crowd, runs down to the ring, does the you can't see me to uh, Roman Reigns, stands up on the corner, and that was that for me then. I just thought, yeah, this is it. WWE's back properly. This is how it should be. Big returns, big crowd pops, and an actual tease for the next show. Um, So John Cena's returned, and he is looking like he's going to be the SummerSlam opponent. Now, we'll finish off in a little bit with the little muddy to the water that, that, that Raw teased. Uh, sorry, that SmackDown teased. But Cena's return, was that something you uh, got excited for as well, Luke? Yeah, so, again, I know who John Cena is, obviously, but because um, I haven't watched it for, you know, as long as you guys have, and I probably wasn't as, as excited as you guys. But, no, yeah, it was good, a good moment. Um, I must say, right, I don't like his music. Really? Yeah, I know that, and that's probably controversial. Oh, I love it. I it's love just, his music. It's just, it's just like the same whiny thing over and over again. It's really, it's really annoying. And then it gets stuck in my head for the rest of the day. So I just spend the rest of my day, you know, <laughs> singing the John Cena theme tune while I'm making tea. I'm just saying, do, 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 do. making love then. Uh, that's when I that's that's when I uh, hum Keith Lee's theme tune. Um, so concentrate. concentrate. <laughs> um, Joe, my time is now, now, now. <laughs> we are moving on from this quick. You can't see this. Reigns versus <laughs> Reigns versus Cena, Joe. Uh, were you were you excited for the for, for Cena's return? Oh, the five knuckle shuffle. Yeah, um, yeah I um I. I, I am, mate. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think <clears throat> for all of my sort of questionable view, like questionable view on Money in the Bank, some good, some bad, mm, some in between. I think this was the one where you were like, okay, that's a big, that's a real big statement from WWE. Um, I'm not even that big a Cena fan, to be honest. Like, I think he's all right. Um, but he's just what the need, isn't it? If they can get Cena and they can at some point get The Rock back, then you can't really argue with that. They're, they're the returns that kind of, you know, AEW isn't going to get a Cena to come in. Well, I don't think at this stage, which is what makes WWE stand out, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. I immediately remembered when I saw his promos on both Raw and SmackDown that he's quite annoying. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, just basically panders to the crowd and basically tells them to shout for him and then everyone goes god i've seen it get such a good crowd reaction I'm like yeah because he basically spent the last 10 minutes just telling them to shout at him um and like referring to where they are over and over again but for SummerSlam and for a big event you're not going to get bigger than big match john oh yeah i think this is the 
perfect example of what having the crowd can do for you. This is a perfect, this is exactly what this needed was he was going to get a massive reaction. The fact, what it also does as well is it shows you how perfect a heel Roman Reigns has become because John Cena was not getting booed like he normally would do. People wanted him back. It felt big. He felt like a big opponent for Roman Reigns. This feels like a massive match. And I think it's the perfect example of how to use John Cena. This is how you use a part-timer. He comes in, he puts Roman Reigns over because he's got to lose. And then on the way, he kind of puts other people over too. So you know what? John Cena's the one who brings out um, Riddle. Yeah, why not? You know, that's decent. He stops by a couple of other superstars and gives them a little bit of an endorsement. He tags with someone in one of the matches. You know, if you can use him for five weeks to help elevate other people, this is how you use John Cena. Now, he's never usually been used like that, and he usually ends up screwing someone over on his way. But I think now he's a Hollywood superstar. Um, I don't think that's where he's going to be going anymore. So this should be massive. This should be huge. I don't think the match is going to be great, but uh, this could be uh, this could be the big big return that um, WWE need. And then to finish this off, Roman Reigns says, no, we are not going to face um, Cena at SummerSlam. And Finn Balor comes out, gets in the ring and challenges Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns accepts his challenge. So Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. How do we feel about that prospect over the next couple of weeks? What do you, what do you think, Luke? Decent. I really like Finn Balor. I think he's a really good wrestler. And I didn't realise how much over he was with the, with the crowd. Because obviously I haven't seen him on the main roster before. And the crowd like, seemed to love him. So, yeah, I, I think that would be really decent, to be fair. What do you reckon, Joe? Yeah, completely agree. I like Finn Balor. I, think, I like Finn Balor a lot. I've got a lot of time for him. I mean, he is objectively a very, very handsome man. Um, but can also wrestle amazingly. And has got the demon persona if he wants to bring that out at some point. I mean, he won't be for this feud, obviously. Um, but, I mean, it's just not going to be SummerSlam, is it? It's just going to be before SummerSlam. And Cena is not going to be knocking about not having a match at SummerSlam. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. What, what this telegraph for me was that Cena is going to be here for this week and then not here for the next three weeks. Yes, good chance. So they yeah. need Reigns versus someone. And this was per- you know, Reigns versus Bala next three weeks. Why not? That'll do the job. Get elevate elevate Balor a bit. Get him close to winning the belt. Get him screwed over a couple of times, and you could even have him get another feud after Cena's left after SummerSlam. So I think it's 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 very promising for Balor, who's had a very dodgy time of it on the main roster. Um, I've I've just noticed this as well, by the way, Joe. But you've got the same um, beard to hair ratio as Finn Balor. It's pretty good. That's right. That is where that is that is where the not the good looking part. End. That is where those similarities end. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I was going to say I can't see you topless, mate, but I can always guarantee that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I should have turned the light, and it's nine nine fifteen, shouldn't I? Sit in the dark. <laughs> right then. Um, to finish off, this for me was a perfect way that you do a pay per view in the fact that you felt like you missed something for Raw the next night. I remember when I used to watch pay-per-views, when I used to watch Raw as a kid and couldn't buy the pay-per-views because uh, they were ridiculous, like 65 quid on um, Sky Sports, box office, whatever they were. And um, when they came out the next night and there was like a new champion or a new revelation or whatever, you felt gutted that you hadn't seen the um, pay-per-view. You hadn't seen what you'd missed there before. We haven't had that for ages. Yeah. Great. So the fact that Money in the Bank... There was so much going on, so much had changed. This is an absolute proper return to form for me. So I thought that was uh, worth mentioning. Um, I, thought result- gonna, I thought you were going to mention the scores, mate. That's what I was waiting for. Well, that's what I'm just about to get onto the results. Yeah. Um, for the first time ever, Joe scored or could have, Joe tied with the winner of ah. the um, Predict Cast round. Now, this is where you're gutted, all right? Because the way I always sort it out, the way it's done for everybody, is everyone obviously does the same predict cast form. They fill out the same form, and I have a tiebreak question. The tiebreak question at the end is, how long is the main event? And Luke muddied the waters because Luke said, well, the main event, the rules of the main event for predict cast is it's the last match on the pay-per-view. And Luke said, but what if there's a cash-in? And I said, that counts. So Luke's prediction was nine minutes. So Joe trying to be Billy Big Balls, Billy Smart Alec, 
went nine minutes, one second. <laughs> Go Kaz, Kaz, who got five out of six as well, went 40 minutes. And for a 35-minute match, she was closest and she won this round. Ah, fair play. So the tie breaks, the one that screwed you over for the first time ever winning the actual predict cast round. I think it made a big difference. We didn't have any wild cards in play. So that was probably a reason we actually came close to this. But it was at the moment, if we have a look at the league, Luke is sitting, uh, sorry, Joe is sitting in second place, joint second place with 14 points. Again, it's that tie break that screwed him over because Morgan, who's um, won a couple of rounds now, he is sat at the top also on 14 points. Then it goes Dave on third, Luke is fourth, Jackson's fifth, I am sixth, Carl is seventh, Kaz is eighth, Tom is ninth, and John is tenth. And then there is loads of other people, but I'm not going to read this massive list of people here that have taken part. But the top 10 is as it stands, and there is literally just eight points in it. And as we can see, it can make a massive amount of difference. So uh, there we go. All that tells you is you should be kicking around, ready to take part for SummerSlam. And that's it. That is money in the bank, dissected, discussed and debated. So all it takes now is for the you guys at home to get involved yourself. Find us on Facebook. Find us on um, Twitter at PredictCast. Um, like the page, follow the Twitter and be ready for the SummerSlam predictions that are coming in the next three or four weeks because there is WWE merch up for grabs. Thank you very much for discussing this, fellas. And I will see you guys for SummerSlam. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Can I just, um, one quick thing. Kaz, when you pick your t-shirt, go for Finn Balor. It will remind you of your favourite predict caster. <laughs> there you go. This is, um, I was I was, I was really tempted to respond to you yesterday and be like, oh, how's the Patreon going? You were like, oh, not too well. And I was like, oh, too busy work on the OnlyFans page. <laughs> very, very, very different podcast. Yeah, it's like, I really like the wrestling podcast and I really want to like be involved, but I don't want to like, and I want to watch them do it, but I don't want to comment. <laughs> I want to watch them do it naked. <laughs> oh. I mean, they haven't seen us. I was going to say, we might sound sexy, but we'd be very disappointed. You don't sound sexy. Thanks, mate. I didn't know there was no need for that. There was no need for that. There's your outtake. There's your outtake. Here's the last minute of content. <laughs> right, we'll get started. <laughs>